2: Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.
1: On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets?
3: Well, hello and welcome to the left wing from inside the Stade Velodrome in Marseille. Well, who saw that coming? Uh, Ireland. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: You clipped Ireland, The fairness. I, I, on. We have I, did, I, I did the
3: scoreline uh, wrong, but yeah, I, I was, had a few shaky moments though, earlier today. I was kind of thinking, oh, I do not know. I should be more realistic. But yeah, I don't know it's a kind of blind faith or what. It still feels
0: surreal, doesn't it? it I d- mean... Just the whole night was a bit strange. Mm. I, I found. I know. I said beforehand. Like the atmosphere did live up to um, the expectation and and the. Like, I've never heard the Marseillaise oh, song with such gusto. It was, yeah, it was, gust, it was really that special. Was, yeah, it was. But I, 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 you know, I don't want to start off with this necessarily. But I thought France were ridiculously flat for a team who mm. just been through that experience. Like surely, if you were ever going to be fired up for a game, it was after that. And Ireland's. Like it was like the World Cup was just a bump in the road, yeah. you know. Like something they didn't really, you know, didn't knock a sock. You know, we've talked to all of them. We know how they talked about having PTSD last week. But at the same time, they they turn up. They were accurate. The you know the changes in personnel didn't bother them. Um, you know they Welcome were. Welcome back to the Irish as well. Their lineout was very good. They yeah they fixed the things that had gone yeah. wrong. Now France didn't contest particularly well, but it was a it was a really complete Ireland performance in keeping with it was more like the seventeen wins in a row than maybe what went wrong in the in the the one defeat in that cycle, which was obviously in the, in the most important game. But um, I think you know it just showed that this Irish team. They, they've been knocked for six by that World Cup, but they've bounced back very strongly. And, you know, they should go on and win a Grand Slam now because that was the most difficult fixture on the agenda. And, and, and what an impressive way to come to France, score five tries, record win, um, albeit against 14 men. But that was a self inflicted yeah. win. What, like, what a oh. stupid record.
3: what well, should he even have come back on the first time, do you think? I thought
0: there was enough moving parts in the first one no that, to, to make it a yellow. Yeah, I thought, um, but like, to, to get, you know, it just, what's well, quite kind of strange is like we watch Irish teams all the time. By and large, Irish teams, have kind of cut out those high tackles, but and, and France are fairly squeaky clean team most of the time. But for Villemesse, for who's an enormous man, to be tackling that high, like the impact he would have had on, on Andrew Porter and Caelan Doris in both those moments was was profound. You know, I mean, uh, I thought Porter looked very shaken. I'm surprised he came back after his HIA. Um, and it was but it was such a, a silly thing for an experienced player to do and to put his team on the back foot.
2: And as what harm they've got Jerome Garcés in the background. We just saw him there as we were in the mix zone. So clearly, you know, they got him in a few years ago to focus on the discipline and the breakdown and things like that. But yeah, you're right, Rudd, it was self-inflicted and the fact that he, he did almost the same thing twice just beggared belief really. But... You know, obviously it was a factor in, I suppose, the size of the scoreline, but I still wouldn't take anything away, not saying that you are at all, but I wouldn't take anything away from that Irish performance. I think it showed it showed how well of how much of a well oiled machine I think Ireland is at the moment. Like there's so many question marks over how what they'd be like without Johnny Sexton, how would the attack flow? It wasn't perfect, but wow, what a statement, I would say, from from Jack Crowley. Um, there was always going to be errors. He had a couple of errors, a, you know, a couple of decisions. I'm sure he'd probably take those back
3: conversions, were. conversions
2: but it, it's his mental strength yeah. not to deviate from his own game plan. I thought the, his scanning for Ty Burns try was exceptional you can see it on the replay that he spots Movaca um, in the line and you can see him calling to Tigbern just a couple of seconds before he plays the pass and how well Ireland's tack flowed I thought the quality of the tries that they scored was seriously, seriously good. And that's a massive feather in the cap for the coaches, I think, as well as the players. Because like I said, to do without Johnny Sexton, to do without Matt Hansen, who is so important to this um, Irish attack, but Calvin Nash just slotted seamlessly um, into the system. What a way to mark his Six Nations debut with a try and then you have... Big Joe McCarthy um, living up to the billing. I mean,
3: I was thinking this morning uh, about him. I was thinking, I know he's ready for the Six Nations. Is the Six Nations ready for him? He was immense. I today. mean,
2: if he hadn't announced his arrival already like that, this very much was. My I favorite
3: mean, part though was the way he kind of showed off his mullet when he was. Yeah, showing it looked like he got a fresh to the trim man as, as well. It, he had, but, a, he had yeah. his
2: championship haircut and he brought his championship game. And you know, maybe people in France weren't fully aware of Joe McCarthy before tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, they are now. Um, I know you've been consistently saying this Rudd over the last while that he's going to become the cornerstone of the Irish pack, and you can see why he is um, just immense. Like you said, Sinead, the line out was so much better um, than Sheehan and Byrne calling it. He doesn't obviously always do it, it's usually James Ryan's um, responsibility, but you see how important the line out is to Ireland's functioning, you know, and when that goes well, everything kind of hums off it. So um, it was just so impressive from start to finish. I thought it was just so impressive. They had to ride a couple of storms as well, but. The mental strength they showed uh, was remarkable. I think will really stand to them over the next few weeks as well.
0: Yeah, and I think like that goes back to Crowley, and, and you touched on it there. And it was what Andy Farrell put he praised on him for was that he wasn't perfect, and Johnny Sexton wasn't perfect. You know, Ron O'Gara you know, had games where things went went away from him. But What Crowley, at the age of twenty four, was able to do. Um, was to park those moments and to, to focus, and they talk about this all the time. Being next moment focus, and it sounds like a bit of a mantra or a cliche, but you can see it in action tonight. He misses a kick from in front of the post that he's been kicking in his sleep since he was under twelve, and Bantry getting medals off um, or Bandon getting medals off Peter Romani. And, and he misses a kick in the biggest game of his life. And most players, like you know, most normal people, would be completely shaken by that. But Ireland get the ball back, and he just runs tense, incredibly accurate phases and that moment that Keane talked about. And I thought that showed a player who's ready for this level. A player who's who's gonna make mistakes. Like he's gonna kick the ball dead. He's gonna you know, they all make mistakes. You know, we 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 could we shouldn't expect superhuman things from them, but, but all you can do is learn from those mistakes, park them and move on. And I thought he did that <clears throat> very impressively tonight. And I thought Ireland learned from the, the mistakes of the of the past. And like Byrne was a very interesting selection because Peter and Matt, sorry um, Ian Henderson Called the line out against uh, New Zealand and, and against Scotland, and James Ryan would have done it previously. But they backed Tyburn, Byrne, who's been involved in a, in a bit of a grueler of a season for Munster. He's playing loads of minutes, hasn't always come well. He was very good in Toulon a couple of weeks ago, but his form, he kind of admitted himself during the week that his form dipped a little bit, the responsibility of captaincy. Oh my god, that he looked like he was delighted to be back in green What did Andy tonight?
2: Farrell say? He was a freak of a player or something it's like a, that. He's a hell of a rugby player. He's a player, isn't
0: he? And the way he charged down Luca, I mean, they got it in Luca's mm-hmm. head, they just got in his space, yeah. they just made his life miserable. You Who know, have thought
2: Anton Dupont would have missed. They? Yeah. I, mean,
0: just, I didn't think they missed him that much, but they yeah, did. They, really and, did um, yeah. they just were smarter than France tonight. Like they, they had a really good game plan. They kicked the ball. I thought they stayed patient with the kicking game. They used James Lowe's boot. Absolutely. I've never seen it
3: used as as much. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, the, the thing I about, like about Crowley as well is the fact that he brought his own personality to the game. He didn't come in and try and be Johnny Sexton. He, one of his early kicks, he got charged down by Gregory Audrey, but it didn't stop him from trying a few different things with his kicking game. It didn't always go according to plan, but to not retreat into your shell in that kind of environment is just so impressive from a 24-year-old who, like, let's face it, we all thought he would be ready for this kind of stage, but he had to step up and prove it. You know, he's had a couple of tough moments with Munster uh, over the course of the season, but that was a real statement that, you know, a lot of people, I think, would be concerned, you know, naturally, like, like life after Johnny Sexton, but the future is bright, I think, you know. Not, not not to get carried away, but that is a big responsibility on a 24-year-old to come in and replace, arguably, the greatest player that the country has ever produced, and he did it so
3: well. Yeah, he did. And um, well, afterwards, Andy Farrell just spoke about the composure that the, that the team showed, but he also had these words to say about Jack Rowley.
1: There's no doubt that uh, a young kid who... Um, uh, playing in, in in a position like Jackie at ten with the responsibility of that, but then obviously all week, um, and am rightly so. Everyone's talking about how we're going to deal with uh, um, not not having Johnny at the Elm, etc. And Jack's going to be the one that that has the first shot and filling the shoes. It definitely creeps in. I mean, everyone you, you'd be a liar if, if you say he didn't, but um, he. he he gains his strength from from um, knowing that his teammates are prepared and, and, and there to help. And and, and um, I thought his composure at the line was great. Uh, uh, he made some really nice decisions and some poor ones at that um, uh, as well. And he'll know that more than more than anyone else. Uh, I thought. I mean. The strength of character in regarding his, his goal kicking when he missed the one in front, albeit uh, from a, a, a longer distance, but then to uh, knock them over from from the sideline too on the trot from the sideline was shows immense character really. So um, it's a good start for him. It's a it's, it's a good start. It's a good start for us as a team, and uh, hopefully we, he'll get better and we'll uh, benefit from that as well.
3: We were talking yesterday just about that this would be a real test again of Andy Farrell, the manager. My God.
0: It's very impressive what what he does, the way he speaks about the team, how aligned what he speaks about is with what the players do mm-hmm. on the pitch, you know, I mean, sometimes... Everything matches up. Yeah, it really is and it's um, it's unusual because like sometimes he's not the most effusive talker, sometimes his press conferences are a little bit frustrating that he doesn't go into huge detail about certain elements but what he does go into detail about is team back up on the pitch and, you know, he talks, you know, last year it was all about adversity. I think the psychological element, he he and Gary Keegan have invested heavily in that side of things and um, you can see the belief that this team has. Like, we saw what effect the World Cup has had on that French team they were a bit of a oh. rabble tonight like Galtier was so un- unimpressive in his press after the pressure game. Well. yeah yeah um, you other, were, absolutely yeah. enormous pressure he basically abdicated responsibility after the game. he wouldn't really analyse the game he wouldn't talk about it which I thought was really weak um, they
2: embodied a World Cup hangover I thought oh, they, looked, they looked really still shaken by that and look I mean Irish supporters were obviously gutted with how the World Cup played out but it was far worse for France considering everything mm. that they invested into home World Cup and you could see that it's still lingering
0: they looked rattled and they looked I mean, it was a far worse performance than they delivered in their World Cup quarterfinal. It was nowhere near the level that they were at, whereas Ireland, like, to go away, you know, the provinces haven't been going great. Leinster have been a bit clunky. They're trying to learn a new defensive system. Munster squeaked through in Europe. I mean, there's no Ulster players in the team that they've been so bad, and a couple of Connick players who haven't had, you know, I don't think yaki has been as good as the World Cup Bundiaki but then here he is again tonight so Farrell took them off to Portugal and has just found being able to just find this this kind of it's almost like Warren Gotland used to do for Wales he's like whatever you've done in your provinces doesn't really matter that much but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harness what you're doing here and even the bench that he picked brought them all on at once at a moment where Um, they've just scored a four try so the game wasn't really in the balance but they powered home the fact that they went for the corner rather than kick the points when they didn't need to they didn't really need an extra try but they they wanted to make a statement to this French team and to the rest of Europe that they're here to be taken just as seriously as they were last year and like they've now got a nine day turnaround into an Italy game then they welcome you know, what we expect is gonna be a very poor Welsh team to Dublin. Then you go to Twickenham, essentially what is gonna be the, the the key game in, in the rest of the tournament because Scotland are coming to town a week later and you know, you would expect it to be Scotland and Dublin. Like it's it's opened up beauty for them. This was the hard game, the hardest game on their agenda and they made it look so easy
3: not a bad night for Peter Mahoney to take over as captain it is of course the, the fourth time since 1972 that Ireland have beaten France in France and uh, he spoke afterwards just uh, about Joe McCarthy and just also what tonight's win means to him
4: I think it comes back to again he, he had some great moments in the game and then you know the moments that you need to get rid of. He did that. You know what I mean. Moved on from. You know, he uh, had a penalty in the second half. Uh, uh, you know, just got on with the game and and continue continue to get better and better. And um, you know that's something we have to hang our hat on at the moment. And and you know you saw it from from young guys and old guys alike. Um, you know, just 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 playing the game. And uh, I thought he was outstanding tonight. I don't think it gets any better, really. Um, you know. It, the the stress of the last couple of days, I'd have given the whole lot up for a win tonight, away from home. First game up Friday night in Marseille in, in the Velodrome. I'd have been a happy man packing the whole lot in today, tomorrow morning, if if you'd given me the chance to to take a win. And um you, you know, try to say something. No, you're going to pack it all in. No, I'm not. Um, no, it has to be right up there, you know. I think it's, I said inside, it was the biggest margin that we've beaten France by, you know. Uh, I remember you as a young fella, you know, watching Irish teams and you'd be hoping you'd, you'd hang on in there, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, it's a different animal now. Uh,
3: so what about the set piece?
0: Well, I mean, the line-out was yeah. superb. You know, Dan Sheen's throwing, Burns calling. I thought France could it. like, if France watched... Ireland at the World Cup, you would have thought they were going to throw a few bodies. They up. got
2: their team selection wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I know I said it yesterday when we were talking like I just can't believe they didn't yeah. pick Cameron Walkie. I mean, yeah. One of the best line out operators in the world against what was a struggling Irish line out. It made no sense to me. I didn't think the selection of Moe Fana uh, really worked out either. So I think they, they kind of got a couple of key selections wrong, but um massive feather and cap for Paul O'Connell, wouldn't you have to say? Because he was under pressure like it's
0: absolutely I suppose they got it wrong in the line out where it worked was in the scrum mm. where even without Vilémsa they were the dominant force and when they brought on pa- Pasolo laggy and the new front row all at once they, they blitzed Ireland and that's an area I think when you come up against your France and South Africa in particular Maybe England, but maybe maybe not. I'm not sh- not quite sure. That's where Ireland That's where teams will look at Ireland and think they can get on top of them. But not many teams can outscrummage that Irish pack. Um, but even with McCarthy's size in there, that is that's something they can they can really hone in on this week. John Fogarty won't be happy with the way the scrum went. Um, I mean Dixon, I think did a little bit of levelling up across the game as well there was a few that went went against. I mean there was one where Sheehan went to ground that could have been a reset he gives a penalty that was a pretty pivotal moment because it just came after um, the Jack Crowdy had gone up and won the ball and got a penalty given against him which I thought was a very harsh call and could have turned the game like, that was a big yeah. moment but um, like Gabriel likes goes up down and scores a fairly dubious try but the way Ireland responded to that was very impressive again so they overcome I mean a scrum can get on top of you we saw, we've seen in big games at the World Cup in the last couple of years if your scrum's going you know, that no scrum no win line but Ireland were able to cope and play their way around it. There wasn't a whole lot of scrums, but it's still an area that you have to work on.
2: Yeah, there's no other scrum, I would say, in the Six Nations that have what what France have. I mean, I know you mentioned England. I don't see them on the same level at all, but it is still, you know, the reliance on Andrew Porter. Even though Keane Healy did do well when he came on, but when Porter goes off for that HIA you are kind of panicking a little bit. I know we had the jury um, that we had up online earlier this week and I think most people was that answered... the one
3: where predicted an Ireland win, was it? Yes, it yeah. was.
2: It was. I think most people answered the question, who's Ireland's most important player? And usually the answer was Johnny Sexton, but yeah. it's Andrew Porter now, so... Um, Look, the fact that we're sitting here talking about a record win in France and kind of picking holes in the performance, like just bodes really well. And, you know, like Andy Farrell has never, I think, shied away from the ambitions of this team. They went to the World Cup believing that they could win it. Um there's no doubt now that they, I, I believe that they won't shy away from the talk of winning back-to-back Grand Slams. Like Rudd said, it it really opens up nicely for them now, whereas I think maybe Irish teams in the past maybe would have been a little bit afraid, it could have come across as arrogant or cocky. But I think internally now that that will be massive driving ambition for them.
3: And in the first half as well, they left chances out there. So And obviously there was the Dante moment as well that, yeah, so, you know, there is stuff that they can...
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were held up over the line again, yeah. which is something they'll, they'll they'll be looking at. I mean, that was a bit frustrating
2: is that? It's like, Leinster had it a couple of times against Leicester a couple of weeks ago. Like, mm-hmm. I know the defence, like, you've got to give credit for the defence, but when you have your big ball carriers, I mean, maybe I'm just so scarred by uh, Ronan Keller at the World Cup, but it's...
0: In fairness to Josh van der in that moment, it was just after they, they, they broke off the scrum, went down the right with Jack Crowley, Really good move. They spotted the space. They went for it. And I think Aldry, gibson Park goes to give the ball to van der Fleer and he's over. If he gets the ball out, but Aldry just gets a hand and slows the ball down by two or three seconds. And it was it a was cynical hurts, play, but yeah. he got away with it. And by the time van der Fleer got the ball, the French had reset. Now, maybe he needs to hit the deck and lay the ball back rather than get held up over the line because the reward is there. But that's, again, like a technical thing that they, they need to work on. Um, I mean, the pass from Crowley to Aki, to just comes off the hand. Like mm. that is that that's a try. I think it, you know, mm. he he's he's got him away there, potentially a, a, a deliberate knock on I yeah, believe, yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe it that was been, Yeah, yeah, yeah but was, like yeah. so there were moments in, in the game um where they, they 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 you know they they had France where they wanted them and didn't take the chances. But like they're never going to take every chance. And if you compare it to the way Leinster have been playing um, in, ter- in, their, in terms of their attack mm-hmm. it was much smoother much, uh, it flowed much better it didn't look as, as clunky and considering it's a lot of the same players it's a fairly good endorsement of what Farrell's been doing with them in the last couple of weeks in tandem Mike cap but I think Farrell does most of the kind of the, the phase attack
2: Yeah I think they need like, to be a little bit more patient I know they scored five tries and again you're like, picking holes in an outstanding performance but like there was one time in the first half where Ireland had advantage and Jameson Gibson-Bark tries to throw the long pass where if they just stayed a little bit patient there was a period in the second Second half where I'm pretty sure they butchered overlaps on both sides of the pitch in the same same play against 14 men. So they're the little things that they're going to have to tidy up because... Got to be clinical when you get into the 22, but like I said, score five tries is, is amazing. But to think that they actually left a couple out there is remarkable, really.
0: We should probably give Hugo Keenan a bit of a shout for his two tackles. Oh, that amazing, me yeah. I mean, the first one was really important, it was mm. in the opening yeah. second minute, maybe. And he drills him at the touch when, when France got a bit of an overlap. Mm-hmm. And then when France were coming, I know they scored a couple of seconds after, but it was a bit like DuPont against Matt Hansen last year. Mm. You know, the way he drilled him back, I thought he hurt himself in the process. I Another player, he player yeah, yeah,
3: but he, he looked okay yeah, now coming through
0: to mix on he was a bit battered and bruised, but um, you know, it like. It, there was a lot of really. Strong, I haven't seen Jonathan Bradley's ratings, but I'd say it's pretty high across the board. Across like the board. you know, I thought it was a very complete Irish performance, um, and I just think that's so impressive considering where they've what they've just been through and, and how they've only just come back together. I, it, it wasn't maybe as blitzkrieg as as the game in Wales a year ago, but what they're able to achieve in a short space of time just bodes so well for what they can achieve over, over next year. And we have people. I mean, all I have to do is look the replies on my Twitter people saying ah they didn't do in a matter at the World Cup, but all they can do. Is you know rise to the challenges that are ahead. So win a grand slam, then go to South Africa, beat them twice, then come back and beat New Zealand and Joe Schmidt's Australia in the November, and go and beat them for the year. Like that's all they, that's all they can aspire yeah. mm-hmm. to do. and you can you can be sure that that Farrell is very good at f- theming or kind of coming up with reason or things that they can aim for because the World Cup's too far away to think about right now. You know, twenty twenty seven is a, a world away, so they've got to keep. Uh, motivated but they look like a a seriously motivated team out there
2: I I thought Robbie Henshaw was immense as well I mean obviously he plays most of his rugby at 12 it's not an easy switch to go from 12 to 13 I know he's played loads at 13 um, across the course of his career but I thought he was excellent for for Leinster against Leicester a couple of weeks ago and didn't really miss Gary Ringrose and I, I was a little bit concerned I have to say I just think Ringrose is generally so important to Ireland's overall play but didn't really miss a beat at all and again I think that's a sign of how just how comfortable everyone is within the system that you have guys who are able to slot in and out and that's a massive credit I think to the coaches as well as the players.
3: Yeah, I think they should keep Marseille on the Six Nations itinerary oh,
0: look, I have to say if the fans looked like they were enjoying themselves in terms yeah. of just being a little bit warmer than it would have been in Paris this time of year, it was a great place to watch a game, it was such a cool stadium I like, I, you know, I'd love to see Ireland take a game to Cork someday and just kind of change it up, it's lovely to I don't know, as I've said before this week, we're so lucky that we get to go to all these games. But it is nice to have a fresh place on the itinerary. And um, it was an incredible experience tonight. And Ireland would be quite happy to come back here. It's a bit like Chicago. It's got its own place in the the Irish pedestal. No zombie. It was Ole Ole.
2: They had the Irish fans, I don't know if you noticed, like separated around the stadiums. So there was pockets. pockets It wasn't just like one big crew. But they made themselves heard. I mean, the Fields of Attenoy ringing around a few times as the players were doing their lap of honour. Ole Ole was... Ringing around, so like Peter O'Mahony, we just heard him in the clip there. Summed it up well, I thought. I mean, we're also used to being scared by you know Irish teams coming to France and to come here and score five tries, a record win is just immense, really. So it's just such a positive night.
3: Yeah, no, it absolutely was. Well, a magnificent night. That is it from us. The Six Nations is up and running. Thanks for watching.